From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. As you might recall, last week I mentioned that 21 state attorney generals filed objections before the Postal Regulatory Commission relating to the revised postal delivery standards. The impact of the standards implementation would institutionalize slower mail delivery. The attorney generals argued that the new standard would violate the Postal Service's public trust and defy its legal obligations. The attorney generals argued that the changes would impair the cities and states' ability to promptly deliver vital benefits and services to their citizens. I am therefore delighted to have as our guest on this, the July 4th edition of NAPS Chat, Josh Shapiro, the attorney general for the state of Pennsylvania, the state from which our nation's most revered patriot and first postmaster general, Ben Franklin, hails. Just to preface our discussion, Attorney General Shapiro and I know each other from a previous chapter in his career. That is when he worked on Capitol Hill for former Senators Carl Levin and Robert Torricelli, former Representatives Peter Deutsch and Joe Huffle. Welcome to Naps Chat, Josh. Great to be back with you, Bob, and I'm really glad to reconnect and appreciate your terrific work um, with the Postal Service. Thanks, Josh. Now, let's just dive in right now. Dive in. Let's Dive in. do it. Okay. As Attorney General of Pennsylvania, you have emerged as one of the, if not the, leading state elected advocates on behalf of protecting the integrity of prompt mail and effective mail delivery. Less than a year ago, you sued Postmaster General DeJoy in federal court over his implementation of the summertime operational changes, and you won. We are coming, we're going to come back to that decision in a moment, but what I would like sure. to know— what inspired you and the people of Pennsylvania to take the lead in this crusade? It's pretty basic. You know, Pennsylvanians rely on the mail uh, to deliver their prescriptions, necessities for their homes and their families. And they rely on the Postal Service to successfully deliver mail in elections to make sure that their voice is heard in our democracy. So when we saw the cuts proposed and the service changes proposed by Louis DeJoy last year, we not only knew that they were reckless and would harm Pennsylvanians, and we knew that they were really just sort of against the very purpose of the Postal Service, but we also importantly knew that they were illegal. And we jumped to action, organized a coalition of attorneys general, and as you pointed out, we won to protect the Postal Service. Earlier this week, you conducted a press conference in Erie, Pennsylvania, where you were joined by a representative of the, Pe of the Pennsylvania Council on Aging and a representative from the Postal Mail Handlers Union. At the event, you underscored the Postal Service as being a vital part of our nation's essential infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And you stated that the Postal Service is under attack from within. Could you expand on that perspective? Yeah, look, it was good to be in Erie, which is a critically important hub in our postal service uh, system. And it's a hub really where they are, you know, being frustrated by the leadership in Washington, D.C., Louis DeJoy and, 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 you know, some of his minions. They are, you know, taking steps 
that would slow down the mail. They are taking steps that would make it harder for you to get your checks on time, your prescriptions on time. And so for me, um, as we get ready to now take legal action again to protect the Postal Service, and I'm confident we'll be victorious again, for me it was important to hear from the guys on the front lines, the guys who are dealing with this every day, to better understand from their perspective and the actual impact that these decisions are are having. You know, I, I recognize my job as the chief law enforcement officer and chief legal officer in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania uh, is to go to court oftentimes to protect people. And so it's always helpful that when we do that work to go there with an honest assessment from the people on the ground as to what's happening. And the, the people in Erie are very, very concerned, very troubled. You know, Erie is a is a terrific town in Pennsylvania. It's surrounded by a lot of rural communities. Those rural communities rely on the mail um, in some ways, even more so than you know, some of our densely populated suburban and urban communities, and so really is a lifeline for people in that region. And I wanted to hear from them directly and protect the postal service. Let me talk about the eerie rural, urban, suburban characterization of Pennsylvania, because it has been characterized, I believe, by former presidential. Uh, Advisor uh, James Carvel is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh separated by Alabama. Currently, the standard for sending a letter from the Benjamin Franklin Museum in Philadelphia, let's say to your daughter at University of Pittsburgh, should take two days. Under rev the revised standard, it would take three days, adding an additional day. As you said earlier this week, at an eerie, you stressed how the Postal Service must bind the nation and your state together. How should we accomplish that feat? Well, look, first off, I just have to say for the record, I absolutely hate that, you know, Carville or Begala, whoever said it, saying that it's Philly, Pittsburgh, and Alabama in the middle. I, I just don't see the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that way. I think we are bound together um, by so much, and, and I think that that is – it's actually – sort of an offensive way to describe Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not suggesting you, you mean it in an offensive way, but what I will tell you is that, um, you know, we are a commonwealth that has um, large swaths of rural population, urban population, and, and suburban population. Um, the need to have a strong, robust uh, postal service is, is important in all three of those kinds of areas. And the impacts that these changes that DeJoy is proposing would have on Pennsylvanians, especially in our rural communities, you know, impact the entire country. I think we, we sort of are a microcosm for that. Look, USPS workers delivered mail to 46 million rural addresses back in 2020. And as I said before, for a lot of people in these areas, USPS is their only option to get the necessities they need delivered to their homes and families. So while I don't like, you know, kind of slicing and dicing Pennsylvania the way some of the political pundits would do, I will say that it is very clear that rural communities, you know, need the Postal Service to, to be strong, and I'm working my tail off to protect it. I apologize for using that characterization. That no, you were just repeating it. You're, you're okay. You're <laughs> okay. 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 In, in late <laughs> June, you once again took the lead, as you referenced, by filing objections with the Postal Regulatory Commission on behalf of 21 states relating to the new right. delivery standards. The filing was related to the Postal Service's request for an advisory opinion on those standards. I know you understand that the Postal Regulatory Commission opinion is advisory, 
and the Postal Service can implement these changes regardless of what the PRC decides. In addition, the Postal Service, I think just within the last week and a half, proposed changes to the standards for first-class parcels in addition to the mail. If these changes are implemented, notwithstanding the objections of the 21 states and whatever the Postal Regulatory Commission opines, what's your next move? Yeah. Well, first, let, let's go back to the Postal Regulatory Commission. Um, and, and for those listening who are not as familiar, you know, the, the leadership of the Postal Service can't just make a change, um, you know, willy-nilly. They have to submit those changes to the Postal Regulatory Commission for their review and approval. These are, these are experts who sit on that commission. One of the reasons why we won our lawsuit last year around election time when the ballots were being threatened uh, for, you know, to not be delivered on time, was that DeJoy made those changes without going to the Postal Regulatory Commission or the, or the PRC, and we won. In this case, he actually did go to the PRC. And look, if the PRC concludes, as we have, um, myself in Pennsylvania and the other AGs that joined me, that the Postal Service should not go forward with its proposed service cuts, then I would hope that the Postmaster General DeJoy and the Postal Service leadership would take that seriously and rethink their plan. After all, these are the experts who are able to track this and understand how the mail flows, when it flows, and where it flows. You know, like I said, they're, they're the experts. Now, what you're asking is uh, if, if the evidence suggests that the PRC should, should oppose it, and they do, uh, and, and DeJoy goes forward anyway, what do we do? then I will tell you I will evaluate all of my legal options at that time. And I have many legal options, and my fellow AGs have legal options as well. We will not hesitate to take further legal action to defend the Postal Service and to ensure that mail delivery is done on time. You know, some people would say, well, the difference between two days and four days, right, um, is no big deal. But if you're a veteran and you're waiting to get your prescription drugs – uh, and you've got to wait two more days to get them, that's a problem. And 80% of our veterans who get their prescription drugs from the VA get those drugs delivered through USPS. If you're a small business owner like the one I was talking to in Erie just a couple days ago, and you rely on the Postal Service to get the checks you need to run your small business and pay your employees, a couple days is a big deal when cash flow is tight, particularly coming out of the pandemic. So this is a big deal. Uh, we're hoping the PRC agrees with us and uh, does not recommend that these changes go forward. If for some reason they do that and, and DeJoy continues on, then then we'll act accordingly. I'm going to go back to the uh, your victory in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania versus DeJoy. And you pointed out that, the, that one of the reasons for the win was that the DeJoy and the Postal Service did not seek an advisory opinion prior to the implementation of the service changes that occurred last summer. The court also referenced a section in the law which requires the Postal Service to prioritize prompt and economical delivery. A Postal Service requested amendment to this section currently appears in pending postal legislation, H.R. 3067, and it adds two criteria to prompt and economical, and that is reliable and consistent, thereby diminishing the weight of speedy as a criteria for delivering the mail. How would you view this proposed change? Well, I view the proposed change as being concerning, possibly illegal, and uh, that is why we're continuing uh, to fight this battle. That's why we're continuing to push the PRC. That's why I hope the experts there 
will recognize that speed does matter, um, accuracy matters, and that they are going to, you know, rely on facts and data and uh, not ideology and, and the other things that seem to drive to joy, uh, and it'll protect the Postal Service. What the Postal Service seems to be doubling down on is their belief that folks are more concerned about reliable mail service that you know you're going to get the mail within five days, let's say, rather than uh, the speed of service. Do you think that's a correct evaluation of, let's say, the needs of the folks in the Commonwealth? I think think accuracy uh, and reliability and speed all matter. And I don't think that the changes that DeJoy is putting in place are the necessary changes we need to fix the Postal Service. Look, I was in the area the other day talking to some of these uh, workers on the front lines, and they're talking to me about the the ridiculous systems that DeJoy is not fixing, where when I try and mail a letter to a neighbor in Erie, that letter has to travel to Pittsburgh, sometimes to Philly, just to make its way back to Erie to be delivered. Now, that's not the fault of the letter carrier, the mail handler. That's the fault of the bureaucrats in Washington who don't have a system in place that works effectively. So before you say to the consumers, hey, we're going to make your mail take longer, um, how about you fix things internally and make sure that you don't have these insane systems that ultimately don't make any sense you know, to, to, to folks. Look, the average person could look at this and say, it makes no sense if you're trying to mail a letter to your neighbor a mile away that that letter has to first travel to Philly or Pittsburgh to make its way back to Erie. That is not common sense. How about we focus on fixing those things instead of telling the public, as Louis DeJoy is, you're going to have to wait longer to get your mail. I want to come back to your congressional experience when you were a staffer for uh, for Le- Carl Levitt and Bob Torricelli and Deutsch and and Joe Huffle. And because after all, the Postal Service is a federal function. It's it's a constitutional federal function, not a state one. Did your congressional staff work on postal issues impact your views about the contemporary Postal Service? I don't know that it impacted it directly other than, you know, maybe as a a Pennsylvanian and, um, uh, uh, you know, a follower of Ben Franklin, you know, I I guess it, it shaped you know, my belief that the Postal Service uh, is not, you know, some random business, but rather a public service uh, envisioned by Franklin as a way to tie us all together. Uh, I view it as essential as our roads and bridges and broadband and uh, telephone lines, and it's under attack. And so I I suppose, you know, some of the experience I had at the federal level is, um, you know, is, is helpful and important, but, you know, maybe more of my experience as a Pennsylvanian and a follower of Ben Franklin uh, is is probably more informative of that. Let, let's talk about that, about Ben Franklin, because a decade ago when you were a state legislature, you took part in a seminar commemorating Ben Franklin's 305th birthday. Now, July 4th is right around the corner, so I think talking about Ben Franklin is appropriate. What lessons about the Postal Service should we learn from Dr. Franklin and how do you think he would respond to the current state of the Postal Service? Well, look, your guess is as good as mine as to what Ben Franklin would think about things today. But my sense, since you're asking me, is that he would be disappointed. He viewed this as a public trust. He views, viewed this as a public service. He viewed this as critical to link together the people of Pennsylvania and the people of this country. 
And the idea that it is um, you know, suffering under the leadership that it is, the idea that it is being viewed through the prism of a business as opposed to a public service, the idea that they have seemingly made it far more confusing than it needs to be, which leads to things being delayed and, uh, and, and tougher for consumers, I think he'd find that very troubling. At the same time, I think he would also find it inspiring that all these years later, it still links us in many important ways. I cited this before, the VA delivering prescription drugs to our heroes who, who served in the military through the USPS, not some private contractor. Things like that, I think, are, are, are important, and it's part of Franklin's legacy. But I'd like to think that if Franklin were here today, he'd figure out a way to fix this while still preserving the, the public service that it is. How does the state of Pennsylvania use the Postal Service to provide services to its citizens? Well, the Commonwealth relies on the Postal Service to, to deliver checks to folks, to deliver important documents to folks. Just yesterday, I got my uh, driver's license renewed, and, and they mailed me the form through the good old USPS. So um, our Commonwealth government relies on it uh, quite extensively. I want to come back to 2020. The Commonwealth played a pivotal role in the 2020 presidential election. Additionally, the number of congressional seats uh, were in play in Pennsylvania. How do you think the Postal Service performed in the 2020 general election? You know, despite Louis DeJoy's attempts to screw it up, I thought the postal workers did an incredible job of getting those ballots delivered on time. And the postal workers, for example, that I was talking to in Erie this week, they took great pride in getting those ballots delivered to the county election offices on time. And they were an important reason why, despite the nonsense you're hearing from the former president and his enablers, the dangerous rhetoric you're hearing from them, despite that, uh, we know factually that this was a safe and secure and legitimate election. And we have our postal workers to thank in large measure for that. As, as we discussed a couple of minutes ago, the Postal Service is a federal, generally a federal function. And I'm curious, as the Attorney General, are you coordinating your efforts with the Pennsylvania congressional delegation since ultimately they're going to have to vote on legislation impacting the Postal Service if yeah. it were to change? You know, I've, I've spoken to several of uh, members of Congress um, Congresswoman Wild has been particularly engaged on the issue. Senator Casey and I spoke about this. He was actually in Erie when I was. We spoke about it there. And and I will tell you that you know they've got a lot of work to do to fix it. Obviously, using my authority under the Tenth Amendment, my authority uh, on behalf of the people of Pennsylvania, I was able to get to court in order to stop DeJoy from doing some of these reckless things he was doing. But ultimately, the reforms, the legislative fix, that's going to have to come from Congress. Do you believe that you have a role to play in being a stakeholder and an advocate for the residents of the Without Commonwealth? I have I have multiple roles to play. One is to make sure DeJoy follows the law, and that's why we've sued him in one, and also to be uh, a voice on behalf of the, the Postal Service, on behalf of the legacy of Ben Franklin, on behalf of the good people of Pennsylvania, on behalf of those veterans who rely on the mail uh, so much, on behalf of the small business owners. That's the work that we need to do, and we're going to continue to do it. I'm proud to play that role. As we move forward in 2021, how do you think the attorney generals around the country are going to position themselves 
should the Postal Service continue its uh, effort to affect or change mail service in, in particular I, ways? I can only speak for myself, which is, you know, I've got an eye on what's happening at the Postal Service. And if Louis DeJoy takes action that I think is illegal, uh, as he is attempting to do again, we will go to court and we will defend the Postal Service. And I've had a lot of company from my fellow attorneys general in that effort, and I expect that I'll continue to. Josh, I want to thank you for joining us this week on NAPS Chat. And that's Josh Shapiro, the attorney general for the state of Pennsylvania. Great to be with you. Thank you. And I want to wish you and I want to wish our listeners uh, a happy July 4th, a safe July 4th, and a healthy July 4th. If you enjoyed NAPS Chat, to please leave us a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share NAPS Chat with your friends and colleagues. Until next week. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter and make